Welcome to episode 53 of the Free Spirit Academy podcast with colon hydrotherapist Gil Jacobs. Free Spirit Academy is about you being fully you. My name is Randy Moss, and with a background in eating psychology, kundalini yoga, and most recently somatic experiencing, we explore the mind-body-spirit journey to freedom from compulsive behavior, trauma, and anything that's leaving you feeling inauthentic and trapped in your body or trapped in your life. I hope these episodes leave you feeling lighter and freer in your body, your mind, your relationships, creativity, and life as a whole. Enjoy the show. Hey friends. So before some of you get too excited because I am totally with you in that group of niche weirdos that thinks an interview with Gil Jacobs on the internet is the most exciting thing ever... I did release this interview in the first year of the podcast. However, I was in a place at the time where I was still really catering to clients and an audience that was very aligned with a traditional intuitive eating view, which is basically eat whatever you want, whenever you want, and yes, listen to your body, but if you put any kind of structure to your eating, then perhaps you're orthorexic or you're part of diet culture or you have an eating disorder. So um, one of my intentions with the podcast in the first place was really to try and bring these worlds together. I was I was dancing between these worlds where my foray into eating more intuitively had just helped me connect my intuition with the principles of cleansing that I had used for so long, but I was a bit apprehensive to talk about that. And I knew how strong the reaction would be. So as a result, there was a section in this recording where Gil talks, several sections actually, where Gil talks about dietary specifics. And I went ahead and I cut that out. And so this is actually the unedited version of that conversation. So because it's a couple of years later now, and I've been fortunate enough to have had enough clients who see the value in this work, or not even in this work specifically, but making the connection between our physical state and our mental, emotional, spiritual states, that I have been slowly able to let go of those fears and talk more openly about how to safely and sanely adopt principles of either a healing diet lifestyle or cleansing or just a more natural to the body, supportive of the body diet while still addressing the entire picture. So not getting like hyper food focused. Excuse me. So still working with folks who have a background of emotional eating generally or binge eating, but who want more from life than to heal and be quote normal, which is what most recovery paths offer. Maybe I shouldn't overgeneralize, many recovery paths offer, which honestly, I can't see that as true healing anymore. It reminds me of that quote, and I don't even know who said this, but it's something about how it's no measure of health to be well-adjusted to a profoundly sick society. And, And I say this a lot, but even in the most extremely painful relationships with food, I don't teach, quote, recovery. Because I've seen that our compulsive behaviors, like overeating, are showing us where we learn to cope with things that didn't work. And that's not what I want anyone to recover to return to. Um, I'm interested in listening. Listening to our coping behaviors, whatever they are, and our painful emotions so that they can teach us about who we really are and what it actually means to be free in our bodies and free in our lives, which is less recovery or of returning to something old and more of a discovery, which is blossoming into something that we haven't discovered yet or something undeveloped within us. 
I also love working with women who've been living a lifestyle like Gil and I will talk about today of maybe juicing, food combining, colon cleansing, all of this good stuff, but maybe they still don't feel good, which is baffling. I know a lot of people who stick with it really, really well, but they don't feel good because what needs a deeper look is that maybe they're still holding on to stress and trauma in their bodies that needs to be addressed and no amount of food can fix that. No amount of cleansing can can fix that. And I don't even, I don't love to use the word fix, but it's not going to address that. Um, or maybe even with good, pure intentions, they've been pushing the cleansing thing in a way that's not supportive of where their system is actually at. So with all of that said, even though I'm sharing the conversation in its entirety now, please, I would not suggest taking anything that you hear here as a protocol. The information that Gil offers is, it has been pure gold in my life and in the lives of many, but in a short hour, we're just riffing. Um, we're not talking about individuals. So all in all, the freedom path is still about listening to the body. We just need to learn the language that she speaks we need not just, first of all, we need to listen to a lot more than just cravings and taste buds, though that's a piece. And we need not just intuition, but we need intention and good information as we go about nourishing ourselves. So intuition, intention, and information is the whole package. And if any piece is missing, we're going to feel pretty out of balance. I will say it was interesting to listen back to this and hear some of the ways that I said or looked at things that have evolved since the time of the recording, but I find that to be true all the time anyways, um, now that I think about it. Every year, I mean, I'll look back at posts and podcasts, and it's not that anything was wildly off base, it's just that my understanding of it now and my perspective of it now is a lot more complex, and there's there's definitely a bit of that in here. So a few moments where I'm like, oh, I wouldn't have necessarily said it that way, but like the essence, it just needed, it was like a seed of something that was growing into something else, something bigger. So as I bring in this conversation with Gil, I'm having a funny memory of the first time that I met him in New York City. I was there for Natalia Rose's advanced detox certification training with some friends who were also there for the training. And we were at Pure Food and Wine for the second time that trip. And I turned around, I might have even heard a voice. And I was like, you guys, is that Gil Jacobs? And we get all giggly because this is like a celebrity in our strange little worlds. And one of the women in our group goes over to talk to him. And of course, he thinks it's hilarious that we think he's anything. Um, but we did. And I know that so many do. Um, so whether you're here for a re-listen or of the unedited version, or if this is your first time, I hope that you enjoy this conversation with Gil Jacobs. Like, I always, I'll take a couple of days and, and just do, like this time here in New York, the apples are fabulous. So I'll do a ton of green juice and apples, and I do a lot of pull-ups and push-ups with weight. I get strong as a bull, but once I get to a given day, it starts to turn. And all of a sudden, I'm like, mm, like, where's that power? Now, people could say keep going and you can explore. Maybe there's a deep thing going to happen. I don't know. And since I try to do this with no ego, mm -hmm. I don't care to know. Yeah. See, all of this search, 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 people have to ask themselves, what are they looking for? Like, what right. is all this? I want to be 100% clean. Newsflash. If you're 100% clean, you walk past the Manhattan bus, you're going to be dead. Yeah. You know, so when you're doing stuff and you're getting symptomology that's quizzical, 
and you know you're pushing the diet envelope to the end, the move is to back up. You don't want to use yourself as a lab rat. Right. And even though there is a certain romantic angle in pushing the limit to see what happens, it's usually coming from an ego space, sure. not from a conscious space. So I, I would back away. Yeah, I hear you. I, I spent a lot of years doing that. Um, that's good to hear that you do that, too. Oh, yeah. That's why I've never in my life fasted more than 11 days. Really? The longest yeah. I've ever done. Okay. And believe me, I've been doing this a long time, and I'm in pretty damn good shape, considering yeah. the amount of hours I work and everything yeah. else. It's, you don't have to do all the extreme stuff all the time. Yeah, it took me a you know? long time to figure that out. Yeah, because it's usually coming from a pain body. Space. It is, yeah. I mean, I know a lot of people, you know a lot of people, there's a hurt in their life. There's a subconscious pain. It could have been from parents, ex-boyfriend, girlfriend, or they never found themselves in life, and they use this whole diet cleansing game to give their life meaning. It becomes right. their treehouse. Can I hold you for a second on that, Gil? This is exactly what I want to talk to you about on the podcast. Can I can I get that started and get you into that topic? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, perfect. Sure. So, okay. what I do is I work with women coming from a background of disordered eating and a lot of what we do together is about, you know, getting to know the parts of ourselves that we've shut down or that we aren't expressing and going back into childhood and sort of waking up some of the old trauma that's causing them to want to shut down or control with food and um, seeing it clearly so that it can be released. So first, how would how would you relate this to physically cleansing the body? How is it similar to cleansing on a mental and emotional level? Well, if you look at how psychoanalysis works or rebirthing, uh, it's the same paradigm as what we're doing with cleansing, because you go into a, a Freudian psychoanalysis person, or you go into a rebirther, and the psychoanalysis person starts doing therapy, and they start asking you about your life, and as they, you keep going to them, they get into the depth, and now you're bringing up things from your childhood, and all this pain, and all this negative life experience comes up, and when you're speaking about it, you're crying, you're bawling, it's shaking the hell out of you. But if the therapist is skilled, he gets you in the speaking of this to rid yourself of the memory and the pain of it. So you dig in deep to someone's past life, it's not past life, meaning like <laughs> that type of stuff, but right. early life experience. You dig that up, you deal with it, and you purge it. In rebirthing, you go to a rebirther 10 times, their goal is to bring you into your past, and in the 10th session, you're in the womb. They're psychologically working with you as you were in the room, womb, going through whatever trauma was going on when you were in the womb. And then from that, these discoveries allow you to get rid of whatever trauma you lived with. In cleansing, we do the same thing. The trauma comes in the form of Captain Crunch. Mm. It comes in the form of food we ate in high school, dorm food, drugs, alcohol, beer, food you ate when you were 10, food you ate when you were unconscious is stored in the body creating cellular trauma. The same way living through an awful experience as a child is poisoning your heart chakra, mm -hmm. the bad food, which is an awful experience from your youth, is poisoning your cells. So the technique and the paradigm is the same. We dig in, we awaken the depths of held-in trauma, we release the trauma, we better our being. Mm -hmm. You see, it's the same exact paradigm. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, so talking with people all over the spectrum on the topic of detoxification, you've got people who think it's all bullshit and you have people on the other side who think that, you know, trying to fast over a weekend or taking some herbs will make up for what they've eaten. So it's really all over the place out there. So can you describe what, how, what you do is different from like a cleanse in a box? Well, I, my line is cleansing is a verb, not a noun. <laughs> In other words, I mean, I grew up Catholic, so anyone who's Catholic, I'm not anymore, I'm an atheist, but, but um, anyone who's Catholic can relate to this. There's a concept in Catholicism called concession, and what you do is you go into this little box, there's a priest on the other end, even non-Catholics know what confession is. Bless me, Father, for I have sinned, I screwed the maid, I did whatever <laughs> I did. And then he gives you five prayers to say, you come out, you say the prayers, and what they're telling you, the pitch is, your soul is all clean. They've purged all the sin from your being. And then, you know, the goof is, you go out, you fuck around, you drink, you smoke, you <laughs> sin again, you go back a month later, he cleans you up again. You see? Yeah. We do not use the Catholic confession approach in cleansing. <laughs> In other words, what I don't want to see people do, what I beg them not to do, is I'm going to live normal, I'm going to live normal, I'm going to live normal, and then I'm going to take a week and do a cleanse. Then I'm going to live normal, going to live normal, going to live normal, then I'm going to take a week and do a cleanse. Mm -hmm. That technique really works the nervous system pretty poorly. Mm -hmm. We call it the camel hump technique. Where you go up, I'm fasting, I'm juicing, I'm living on fruit, oh... I went to a wedding in Ibiza, and I did drugs and ate like a pig, and I did that for a week. But now I'm going to WeCare, and I'm going to fast for six days. Oh, it was somebody's bar mitzvah, and I ate like a pig. That whole dynamic is not cleansing to me. That's people basically trying to steal their way to health. Mm -hmm. And that's not what it's about. To me, what we need to create, and this is why I, I don't go for... I'm going away to such and such, or I'm just going to live there for two weeks, because once I'm there, i got to do what they tell me. But what happens when you come out? So the term I love to use when we work with people in cleansing, we want to create a moderately to substantially cleansing daily experience. Mm -hmm. We want to create a daily experience that allows people to cleanse on a constant, perpetual level, mm -hmm. something they could do comfortable their, comfortably their entire life, every day, without having to feel they're in food prison. Mm -hmm. Something they can do for long periods of time that they don't have to wait for the final day. You see? And then once we get people into that space, then we say to them, okay, now, if you choose to, and it's your choice, if you're comfortable living in that very high level without going forward, bully for you. What we would recommend is take the information we're about to give, the radical stuff, store it in the back of your head, or as George Costanza says, keep it in the vault, <laughs> and then as you get older and you start to see some breakdown, pull it out of the vault and incorporated into your life. And what that would be is we create a daily experience for people, something that they could do comfortably their entire life. And then we tell them, look, when you're on a roll and you've got all the ducks in a row, you're doing your colonics, you're doing your saunas, you're not cheating, you're getting a lot of sunlight, you work out, you do yoga, you run, you walk, you do whatever it is, you're trampoline, you're kicking ass, 
The life has become you. Mm-hmm. You don't need to think about what you're doing anymore. It's automatic pilot. When you're in driver's ed, it all seems so hard. Turn the key right foot here, left foot there, oh my God. Once you learn how to drive, you don't think. You shouldn't be thinking about your food all the time. It should eventually get automatic pilot. Once it's there, then, as people have a daily experience that's high up the cleansing ladder, they can then take two weeks and go further, in the words of Woody Harrelson. Then they can say, okay, now I'm going to push the envelope. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do a a one-meal-a-day plan with a lot of juice. I'm going to try psyllium and bentonite. I'm going to fast for five days. I'm going to do a few days on just peroxide and water and wheatgrass. I'm going to do... There's an envelope push. Mm -hmm. But the envelope push should only occur in those people who've established a very good daily experience. It should not occur in people who just got back from a vacation in St. Bart's where they polluted themselves silly. Okay, I'm rich. I'm going to go to this space. Throw a ton of money at these people who are going to cleanse me for two weeks. That drives me apeshit. Right. Or for that matter, it shouldn't be jumped into from the headspace of somebody who is disordered around food. Um, do you, words, do you no see that a lot? No one should do a cleanse. Yes. No one should ever do a cleanse till they've been in the cleansing life. Normal people, people with food issues, need to create a daily experience that they can do comfortably for a long time. Yes. That's a cleanse. To a normal person, that's a cleanse. In other words... You take somebody who's 350 pounds, right? Mm-hmm. A person who's 350 pounds did not get to 350 pounds by eating too many pistachios. <laughs> it takes a lot of work to get to 350, okay? Now, you could take somebody at 350 and tell them that in the morning they're going to have a stick of celery and a hard-boiled egg. For lunch, they're going to have steamed bird's eye frozen broccoli and a Purdue chicken breast. And for dinner, they're going to have a piece of steak and some steamed frozen asparagus. To a 350-pound person, that is a cleanse. And you know what? It's a darn good one. Why? Because it's much better than what they were doing the day before. And that's what creates cleansing of the cells. Just do better than you used to be doing. When people get all dogmatic... And they're telling 300-pound people they should do juice fast, they should be fruitarian, they should be vegan, they should be raw. Again, it's like telling a Down syndrome kid to study calculus. You see? Right. All we want beginning people to do is do better than they were. And once they feel capable, we always look to make people capable. As they get capable, we gently keep raising the bar. So that over the course of time, if they choose to, they may be motivated to stay at level one. That's great. If they choose to continue, we gently raise the bar according to their comfort level. We do not dogmatically jam a fruit diet up their ass. Right, right. Because that's us trying to feed us. That's us massaging our ego and waving our dogma flag. 
that is not us trying to help these people. Do you see? I'm yeah. Very oh, totally. And and I think it's important to say that all of this, like all of the cleansing work and everything that you do, isn't cleansing for the sake of being good at cleansing. I always say, like with my work with the emotional, emotional, mental stuff, and with the physical cleansing stuff, it's all about removing what's in the way of you just being you. That's oh, it. That's huge, huge, yeah. huge, a hundred percent. The whole purpose of this stuff is to become the best possible people we can be. In other words, we're all born with a bucket of human potential. People say, so do you think people who eat like you and cleanse like you are better than people who don't? I say, no, I don't think that at all. What I do think is that people who eat like me and cleanse like me tap our human potential. Now, I don't know what everyone's human potential is. Some people, it's very big, like Nikolai Tesla. You know, there's a lot mm-hmm. of great human beings out there. Elon Musk. His bucket is a lot bigger than my bucket, that's for sure. (laughs) However, I can guarantee you the percentage of my tapping, whatever my limit for effectiveness as a human being is, is higher than anyone who's living on cheeseburger platters. I'm not saying I'm more effective because they could have come in with a lot more human potential. But this lifestyle allows you to tap your potential for love, for empathy, for humor, for effective human interaction. Mm. In and to itself, it is as useless as tits on a bull. Right. Because bull don't have tits. <laughs> it's useless. And what a lot of people are doing with the information, they are using it as its own reward. I'm doing a 200-day fast. Mm. Why? Right. I'm only eating lemons for the next eight days. Why? How is this making you a better person? Is this making you a better boyfriend? Is this making you a better girlfriend or parent? or worker, or human being, is this opening up your heart? What is it doing? See, and there's an expression, the tail is wagging the dog. For a lot of people who get into this cleansing stuff, the tail is wagging the dog. They're out of control. They have no interest in life other than what they're eating. Mm -hmm. That's not what this is about. This is supposed to make us better people. Well, and it was interesting. More loving, yes. more understanding. That's yes. what it's about. Yes. And and it's about the removal, right? Like, not what we're putting in that makes us better or more superior, but what sure. we're removing in that's, words, you know, getting out of the perfect. way of what's there. Yes. What messes us up is whatever is in our way. Yes. Clear the fields and we're fabulous. Yes. Clear the fields and we're fabulous. But it must be done with the right intent. Yes. If it's done from an ego space. I'm doing a 98-day fast, and I'm putting pictures of myself on Facebook because I'm fabulous. That's not going to help anyone. And usually people who do it from that perspective don't succeed. Mm-hmm. You'd be surprised. They don't succeed. Something gets them eventually. Right. Well, my so, experience was with when I was doing these 70- and 90-day fasts, and I, I was very much in that headspace, um, it was really what broke me. And it was like, well, God, if I can do this most extreme thing and I essentially still don't like myself and still don't like my body and, like, nothing works at the end of this, then what was – like, there was no point. No point. Correct. But it was my moment of, like, turning inwards and finally doing this from One a space of, of self-love. to look at is, if you have an emotional hole, if there's a pain body, Eckhart Tolle, the great guy that yeah. wrote Power Now, talks about the pain body. If you don't address your pain body and you dive headfirst into the cleansing life, it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. It's not going to work. You, you can't heal your psychological pain just by cleansing. 
You've got to deal with whatever went on. And when you meet people who do it this way, and I've done this work now 30 years, it just doesn't work for them because they're not dealing with what's really wrong. They're using the diet as something to take up their attention. Now I have something to look forward to. Now I have something to wake up for. Yes, or a a way of feeling in control. Yeah, it's 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 a shame. It's well, a and, shame. and I, I, I've seen this for years, and you know, you wish you could get through to people. And this is why, as a practitioner, if you're a practitioner, you want to encourage people not to be dogmatic and not to get taken in by extremes. Right. Do, do you know what I mean? Oh, because absolutely. Because one thing you know, I know, we all know this. When you're feeling good in your body, when you're feeling light and clean. You're nice to everyone. Mm. You love people. You're nice. The last thing you need to do when you feel good in your being is tell the world how fabulous you are (laughs) and how fucked up people who eat meat are and how fucked up people who aren't vegan are. When you see health people attacking with that kind of venom, that tells you one thing. Their vessels are not clean. Whatever they think they may have accomplished... They've accomplished nothing. Clean cells get mean. Right, absolutely. Clean cells don't get mean. They don't get vindictive. They don't yell and scream and curse at people for wearing fur coats. And I think it's so interesting that you call yourself an atheist, yet I feel like your perspective and your approach to life and to all of this is more spiritual than most spiritual people I know. Um, that's very flattering. <laughs> Thank you. Well, when you do this stuff a long time, um, when you do this stuff a long time, you feel yourself through cleansing. Like when I get off the colonic table off uh, having done psyllium bentonite, and I'm high as a kite even to this day, you know, people could give me the finger and I'd say thank you. Like it it just Mm -hmm. makes you so content with life and so cellularly just happy that... In that, whatever spirituality is, I don't have a clue what it is, but in that space of open cells and peace, you can just feel that this is what, you know, we want for everyone, Mm. you know? But it has to be done on a journey that works for the individual, based on the individual's limitations and also the individual's motivations. Some people may not want to take it to the end, and that's their choice. Yeah, absolutely. Do you find that, so the people that struggle with things psychologically, do you find that the physical cleansing work sort of shines a light on what they're dealing with psychologically and they aren't really able to handle it? Like they see things much more clearly? Oh, and, oh that has happened many times. Yeah, yeah. People get into this from the right mindset. One of the things that happens when they cleanse, and it can be very um, eye-opening for me, it's, it, and it's still, it happens often and it's, it's pretty heavy is in the middle of cleansing, it happens a lot in the middle of colonics, people will just start bawling. I mean, literally bawling, just crying. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, are you okay? Does it hurt? And they say no, and they go into this whole memory. Memories come up because they're embedded in the self. Mm -hmm. They're embedded in the matter. Trauma is embedded. And when people get into fasting and cleansing, they will tell you they had dreams about this, they remembered this, all these buried things start coming up. Mm-hmm. And, and that is the meaning of the word holistic. Holistic comes from hologram. It means the entire being. 
You see, so when you're cleansing the cells, the soul is going to purge. And for a lot of people, they walk away at that point because it's too much. And I don't judge them because when they start telling you what happened to them, I certainly don't judge them. Mm-hmm. I tell them maybe at some point in the future, if you sit with it, maybe you could try again. Or I'll, I'll tell them to go see certain people I know who do work that can help them, like a polarity therapist. Right. That's what makes polarity fabulous. Um, but oh yes, that happens a lot. Yeah, it's a it's such a romantic idea to just remove everything that's in the way of you being totally yourself. But like that oh, stuff that's in the way can be really painful to look at, and it's okay to take it so slow, so 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 slow. A, a great way to look at this too on the physical plane. It's one of the real interesting things to discuss is the concept of nutritional deficiency. Mm. Nutritional deficiency is tricky. You're born with everything you need. The only exception to this. Humans at the beginning of time, and this is why long water fasting is bad. Humans at the beginning of time were born with the ability to make their own vitamin C. Through centuries and millenniums of wrong living, they lost the ability to make their own vitamin C. So vitamin C is a nutrient we need from the outside. Not by the inherent nature of being human, Mm -hmm. but by the fact we screwed ourselves up. Okay? Now... Other than that, and maybe one or two little exceptions, like vitamin D3 now, the world's so polluted, it's not getting through this from the sun. There are one or two little mini exceptions can be discussed. But in general, and this is so quantum physics and so Buddhist and so fabulous, hmm. in general, every nutrient you need is in your being. Mm-hmm. And this ties into what you're saying about blockage. When a person who's 30 or 40 or 50 goes in to get a blood test, and comes up short in something. The assumption is they're short in something because they're not taking that something in. But in actuality, what is occurring is that what they're holding in their cells, the blockages in their physical cells from the waste, the gas, the yeast, the fungus, the parasites, the bad bacteria, the metals, all this blockage is eating up the matter they were born with. In other words, the B12 or whatever is missing is missing because the poison that's in their way is eating up what they were born with. It's not because they're not taking it in. Mm-hmm. C- can you see that? Oh, yeah. It's a huge yeah. difference. Absolutely. Huge difference. And yeah. that's why you don't see nutritional deficiencies in a lot of kids, right. even if they're eating shit, because they're not old enough to have collected enough matter to have started eating away their being. If I pour battery acid on your arm, you're going to have a big piece of flesh missing. Yes. That's what's going on internally. So that when people are nutritionally deficient, their first step is to go out and start taking what they're missing, but that's not where it's coming from. Right. And this, the reason I bring this up is because you're asking, don't you think what ruins us is what blocks us? Mm -hmm. And that's proof you're correct. Yes, absolutely. And there are so many, I mean, that's going to be extreme and controversial and it's beautiful and I love it. Um, and there's so many terribly, terribly misguided ideas about about nutrition and about the human body in its, you know, in its current state versus how it what its potential is. Um, what about the people who will say, like, you know, eat whatever you want, but just pray over it or just bless it or your vibration will okay, transmute here's the problem, it? Glad you said that. Here's the problem with that. The Buddhists have a great saying. It's fabulous. There is only one sin standing in separation. Mm-hmm. And what standing in separation implies is that you think everyone is different than you. You think people are below 
below you. We're not as important as you. Oh, hire the Mexicans. You can pay them 80 cents an hour. That's treating people as if they're less than you. Oh, it's just the maid. Do what you want. Mm -hmm. Treating people that standing in separation. I'm over here. They're over there. They can be treated less. A white kid on the Upper East Side is more valuable than a little black kid in the ghetto. That's standing in separation. Mm -hmm. It is the only sin. Now, when we talk about these people who say they can eat cheeseburgers, they can eat pizza, and they can transmute it to keep themselves healthy, they're standing in separation, and this is why. You talk to Fred Fisher, you read a lot of books, John Robbins, there's books out all over the place. You look at what meat does to the planet. You, I'm mm-hmm. sure you've read this. Mm-hmm. Watch the movie Food Inc., watch Cowspiracy. Yep. To create meat, the planet is killing itself. When you look at what happens with, for the creation of white flour, how many acres are wasted creating white flour, when you look at the dairy industry, not just the pain to the animals, but the feeding of the animals and how we waste how we waste our um, resources on all this stuff. We're killing the planet with junk food. Junk food kills the planet. To say that you can eat a cheeseburger, which is hurting us all, it's hurting the birds, it's hurting the fish, it's hurting the trees, it's hurting us all. The unity of humanity gets damaged from the growing and processing of bad food. Ergo... For you to sit there and say, I can keep myself spiritual eating a cheeseburger, even though the cheeseburger is damaging my entire planet and all my fellow humans, that is the ultimate in standing in separation, and that's the proof it's bullshit. Yes, absolutely. What do you say to somebody who who comes in and hears this and it makes all like it makes so much sense to them the the cleansing the removal of the waste in the body the the separation consciousness all of this makes so much sense but they have so much emotional issue wrapped up with food and with their body and any sort of restriction just sends them off into emotional eating or binge eating and I'm saying this was me for a lot of years and this is the women that I work with so how do you work you with do people it really easy. yes so you can. You know, you give a homeless guy three dollars, he thinks he won the lottery, and to him it is. It's 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 two meals for the day. So all we look to do is improve people. So if you got someone like that, here's your program. You're not going to juice them. They're not going to juice, right? Mm. You have to think about who you're talking to. See, so you say, okay, in the morning you're going to eat some green apples or grapefruits. At lunch you're going to make a salad. You're going to steam some. You know, Boil some quinoa, steam some broccoli. At dinner, you're going to make another salad. You're going to take a piece of T-bone steak, and you're going to steam some asparagus and Brussels sprouts, and that's how you feed them. Yeah, absolutely. Very basic, simple. Basic, basic, Real basic, food. Because for them, it improves them. It's not about whether you would do it. I write up diets for people. If I did it, I'd have 103 temperature by 10 o'clock, but I'm not writing it for me. Right. We, in sports, they always teach a great coach fits his system to his players. He doesn't force his players into his system. And, and that's how we have to counsel people. So if you're working with someone who's got real food issues, there's your game plan. Now, maybe she says, I can't just have a grapefruit, I'll be starving. Okay, grapefruit and an avocado. Yeah, yeah. I like warm food. Okay, three sticks of celery and a bowl of oatmeal. Yes, three exactly. Three sticks of right. celery. Ezekiel toast with some unpasteurized goat butter. There's always a way to improve people if we let go of our dogma. Now, 
If they do that for two or three weeks and they lose eight pounds and they start feeling better, now you've won their trust. So that now when you start to bring out the heavy artillery, they're going to listen. Yes. Because you've won their trust. Yes, it's so important. Absolutely. I think the biggest takeaway there is to allow people to be where they're at. Like, right where you are is not wrong. Right where you are is absolutely perfect. And no matter what, we can work with it. You just gave a million examples. No matter what, we can work with it, if this is what you want to do. Correct. If they're showing up to talk to you, it means they're open to a given degree. Yes. Now, there are people who are going to say to you when you outline that diet I did. Let's say they come in 60 pounds overweight. That diet's going to knock 40 of those pounds off in two months. They may be very comfortable there, and they may not want to leave it. So what you say to them is, it's not your job, laws of attraction. It's not your job to save them. So what you say to them is, look, hon, you're doing great. You always stroke. We always want to put positive. You're doing great. This is fabulous. If at some point in your life you want to take it even further, when you see yourself maybe getting some symptoms that are scaring you, contact me when you're ready and motivated, and we will show you how to go further. Yes, yes. But the problem with a lot of health practitioners is their main interest is themselves, Mm -hmm. not the person they're speaking with. Mm -hmm. Their main interest is in preaching dogma. It's like Jehovah's Witnesses. They're knocking on doors and trying to convert. That's not what health counseling is. Right. Yeah, absolutely. At all. Absolutely. And I'll let you in on another secret. This is gonna, this is gonna rock some clocks. <laughs> when you've been through the process mm-hmm. and you've seen yourself come from the dirt, I had two feet and an arm in the coffin. Mm-hmm. To kill myself, which I've put out, out probably a million times. When I got all better, I knew the truth had been given to me. It wasn't my truth. It was given to me by books I read and people I met. I just was now in this line of truth by these brilliant people. I didn't need to go yelling and screaming. Once you've lived the concept and you own the concept, yes. you don't care if yes. people listen to you. Yes. But when you're yes. preaching and preaching and preaching and writing and posting and yelling and judging, what that tells me is that's an individual who hasn't succeeded yet at the life. Right. Because I'll tell you this, when you succeed at the life, you don't give a fuck. If people hear you speak, you just live and be nice to people. Once people jump on the soapbox, it means they have an intellectual truth that they're very connected to. But believe me, it hasn't altered their selves yet. Exactly. Because if it's altered their selves, Mm -hmm. they shut the fuck up. Yes. And they talk to whoever approaches them versus trying to punch the world in the face with it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think it's because you realize it. Once you've embodied it and once your cells have let go of all of this density and all of this stuff that you've taken and all this stuff that isn't really you, you get to become you. And there's such a gentleness and such an ease. And you don't, like you said, you don't have to bash anybody over the head. You just, you want this for other people if they're open to it. Correct. Yeah, it's the rock and the pond technique. You know, you affect people with your being. Yes. You know, like you walk into a room, you keep quiet. Somebody says, hey, you, you, like for me at this point in my life, it's, it gets easier and easier as you get older because I'm 60 now and I can easily, when I'm cleaned up and shaved and passed for much, much younger. So I never bring up my lifestyle when I'm away from my work, ever. Yes. So if I'm at a social function 
And, you know, it's, it's nice cocktail party talk. Hey, this guy pumps asses for a living. Ha ha, it breaks a lot of ice right. in social situations. Yeah. And everyone starts laughing, but then someone will say, tell them how old you are. And once I say that, now all the laughing stops. And now the, the door is opened for people. They want to, they wanna, hey, what are you doing? And you can tell in the tone that they really want to know, and that's when you speak. Absolutely. Otherwise, you keep quiet. Yes, yes, There's you call people to you. a great thing in Buddhism, you can only have a teacher when you have an inquiring student. Mm-hmm. If no one's asking, you shut the fuck up. Yes, yes, it's and so that's powerful. that's missing in the health movement. Yes. You wait for the request. And then you speak. Well, it's missing in the health movement because we don't have any powerfully clean-celled, magnetic, healthy people. It's a rare thing, and so people are happy to sprout their messages. If you are that way, you're quiet and unassuming. Yes, and I want to say, so... For the people listening who haven't seen Gil, you, I will post videos in the show notes for you to go get more of the details on what he's talking about as far as the cleansing protocol and the lifestyle. There's a lot of stuff on YouTube, and this man does not look 60 years old. It's eerie. Like, it's kind of creepy. He really looks like a much younger man. And not to bring it all back to the surface, but it is. That's where we start. Like We, we see something on the surface that is different from what we're seeing in our day-to-day life, and we begin to ask questions, and then there's so much depth beyond that. Because while that may not be the reason that we get into this it's very interesting it's 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 what it's what can definitely peak interest to start at least yeah and 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 one of the things people have to know we talk about binging and food and things yes. now i live in manhattan where everyone is basically single and when you're working with people and you always want to and as a woman most of the people who do this are women so you can really yep. confide in people a lot of people when they learn all this food stuff they're alone, they're single, and creating a meal becomes their night out. Yes, yes. It becomes their date. So when the end of the workday comes and they're alone, they get uber creative in the kitchen and end up eating a lot more food than they need. So we need to look into our depth and find that space. You know, that where is that isolation? What is that about? What do we need to really deal with? Do we need to put ourselves out there? Yes. Because the substituting of food is not a good thing to be doing. No, absolutely not. And that's not to make anybody feel guilty if they're using food no, as an emotional no crutch. Judgment. Not at all. We all do it. Yeah. No judgment. Yeah, and and the way that I work with people is to, what they're already doing, I have them really slow down with it, because I was in that place too, right? Like, at the end of the day, I'd have my big, beautiful meal, and it would take me, like, over an hour to eat, and the way that I began to step away from that was to not make myself guilty, and to really sit with it, and feel it, and be like, what does this meal feel like? Like, have a real experience of it, before I could really begin to put some space between me and the fact that I was numbing out with food. So, it's really gentle. Nobody's doing anything wrong, but we do need to acknowledge when things hurt sure i mean people use drugs they use alcohol they use cigarettes yes some people use movies some people drown themselves in celebrity gossip shows people you know, use sport yes people use working out people use marathon running we all use different techniques to run from the pain body absolutely the problem with when you take on food if you do it through dietetic cleansing the fact that you might be doing it wrong can kill you. You Nobody need to be careful, yes, because... the Kardashians. Yes, but yes. you can die from doing this diet stuff wrong. And, and, and that's why 
it's a little bit um, more intense than people just take, you know, that kind of bury their pain other ways. You can you can die in an attempt to get yourself healthy. And right. that's and I mean, why it's so important to yes, go easily. That's true for any eating disorder. This can be turn in, turned into an eating disorder like anything else. Oh, and we've, we both have seen that oh, many yeah. times. And one, one of the things you want to always tell people, too, is that volume counts. Volume counts. One bowl of white rice is far less harmful than a pound of organic hemp seeds. Because a pound of organic hemp seeds is probably a few thousand calories. It's right. too much food. Even though hemp seeds are better food than white rice, and I'm talking junky Uncle Ben's white rice, <laughs> one little bowl of Uncle Ben's with a salad and cooked broccoli is a much better meal than a salad and a pound of organic rainforest nuts. Right, and, and, and by better, we just mean it's, it's going to pass through the body more easily. Not that it's, it's morally less, superior less or anything matter. like that. Yes, it's, it's, it's less, less matter. matter for the body to deal with. And you know, for, like, so for women being super perfectionistic, right, like about the hemp seeds or about veganism or about right. any of this stuff, I, I think is what you're saying. That yes. makes the food worse than junk food. Yes. You know, so, you know, oh, I'm, I'm eating healthy raw food ice cream, and I've seen people eat two pints. They would have been much better off with a small carvel. Because two pints of cashew ice cream is harder on the body than a little cup of skeevy, soft, vanilla, normal ice cream. Right, because right. Yes, I often say that to women who are, who are getting into perfectionism mode, who also struggle with binge right. eating and emotional eating. Eat what you love, but really be there for it. Like you don't, and you won't need that massive volume um, that's just going to knock you out and you won't be, you know, feeling, yeah. feeling what you're feeling. The volume is a sign that people are pushing the vibration of the diet higher than their own body's vibration and so they compensate with volume yes um you, you mentioned know? the ways that people sort of knock themselves out earlier and we talked about drugs and shopping and sex and all this stuff i'm really curious your thoughts so it's big in the health world right now and i'm sure you've seen this this really high fat diet thing and i see it even in like the yoga communities and the spiritual communities this High well, fat, like yes. So not only that, so people are really into this high fat diet or paleo diet, and into like psychedelics and drugs and nootropics. So it's yeah, sure. what, mean, are you, I, what are your I, thoughts I on that? People take ayahuasca. Yeah, what do you, what do you think of all that? Um, this is going to sound strange, okay. and, and I'm, I'm going to get hammered for this, but it's okay. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm going to get hammered. It won't be the first time um, in this call. I don't okay. judge anyone. I yeah. think everyone should do what they need to do to try to improve their being and if they think ayahuasca is a means to purge emotional trauma and that's truly why they're doing it I would never knock them I'm only gonna say for myself for myself this is why I, I don't do it when we live in the uh, Western culture we have a lot of advantages that other people don't. I mean, it, it's a lot easier mm -hmm. living in um, the United States than it is in third world countries. Believe me, I've been there. People have it really rough. We're blessed with a lot of stuff. Because of the way we live and because we don't live indigenously, there's a lot of things we don't have. Herbs, plants, mm -hmm. all of this. Whenever I look at, or I try to ask myself, do I want to do this? What do I think of this? I'm saying this just for me. I'm not projecting this on anyone else. 
I always say take away technology. Mm. Because I truly believe technology has not benefited humanity in the heart chakra, in the spirit, in the soul. Mm. It gets in the way. So if you took technology away and you looked at life from an agrarian space, we're all living the way we're supposed to, you know, Mm -hmm. wherever you are, you live off the land, etc. The only people who would be able to get ayahuasca are people who live in Peru and Mm -hmm. near Peru. Mm -hmm. We wouldn't be able to get near it since that's the only place it grows. Ergo, I don't feel I have the right to take it. That's how I look at stuff. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of people go to the Amazon. There's a poison off the back of a frog in the Amazon that's used for a similar purpose to ayahuasca. I've had a lot of friends run to the Amazon to take this this venom Mm -hmm. off the back of these Amazonian frogs. I'm not making this up. And they work with shamans, and they have all these experiences. But for me, it feels like, oh, so I'm the wealthy white guy. I mean, I'm wealthy because I'm not. Because I can pay for a plane ticket. I can take a piece of technology, which never should have existed in the first place, go to a part of the world which I never would have been able to see without it, take from their culture, and then come back to my fat and happy high rise. Mm -hmm. And it just feels inherently wrong to me. Mm. That's for me. I'm Mm -hmm. not judging anyone else. So when you hear to me all this talk about these different kind of plants and head drugs for purging and cleansing, and I just try not to go near it. It's why I don't do goji berries. I know it sounds stupid. I get hammered for this a lot. But with no technology, I don't think I know goji berries existed because they don't grow in the United States, to my knowledge. That's true. You know, so I, I, I think... If people want to do these things to purge their emotions, go ahead. But you got to respect where you are. You've got to really look at these indigenous cultures that have deep-rooted histories. We have no right to just horn in and start ripping at their, their history, their culture, and their practices. Just for me, personally, it feels wrong. Yeah. So I won't touch it. That's just me. Um, in regards to the diets, you have to remember, this is a biggie. Many a person has gotten very rich writing diet books that have no truth but work. And what do we mean by that? You have a population in our country that's very, very overweight. Again, they didn't get too overweight by eating too many cashews, right? Mm-hmm. All diets restrict something bad. So you look at the ketogenic diet. Right? Mm-hmm. You're not, to my knowledge, you're not allowed grain or flour or sugar or pasteurized dairy in the form of protein. You're not even allowed millet or quinoa or potatoes. Am I correct? Isn't that part of the key? So, yeah. yeah. Okay. You're not, now, when you look at a bunch of people who are 300 pounds, if all you do with them is remove the white flour, the sugar, the cheap oil, the milk, the potatoes, the preservatives, the chemicals. You just take that out. Let them eat all the butter and pork fat they want. Mm-hmm. If you remove all those things on a planet of 300-pound people, you know what happens in a year? you got a planet of 200-pound people. Mm-hmm. And it makes the diet look fabulous. Sure. And so that's why I don't judge it. Because for the average American to take on anything that eliminates white flour, sugar, pasteurized dairy, chocolate, all that stuff. It helps them because it's a baby step in the right direction. Now, that's a different discussion 
than a bunch of people like us who are heavily motivated by the pursuit of truth and dietetics. Mm. That's a different discussion. Yes. In that body of people, that diet's a joke. Mm-hmm. It's a joke. I mean, it's not even worth discussing. We know it's a joke. But do I judge it? No. Do I ever tell people not to do it? No, because for the average person who's waking up to Captain Crunch and a bagel to take on the ketogenic diet, they're going to do a little better. Just like we said earlier, the person who eats the bird's eye broccoli with the Purdue chicken, that's an improvement for a 350-pound man. It's true. It's true. And, and that's I... how all these diets work. The zone diet, yes. the ketogenic diet, the paleo diet, because they restrict a lot of bad things. The zone diet restricts calorically. See, so if someone who's big and fat in a mess cuts down to 1,000 calories, you could probably make the debate they could eat 1,000 calories of anything. Sure. But because it's such an improvement over what they were doing previously, yes, they're going to be a little bit better. Now, does that mean the diet is correct and efficacious for a healthy human being? No, of course it's not. In a, in a symposium of people who really spend their lives looking at dietetics to improve the cells and the soul. Does the ketogenic diet have a seat at that table? In my opinion, no way. Not even close. They're not even in the lobby. But do I diss it? No, because it works for a lot of average American people. Right, it works to a degree. It works for certain things. It works for weight loss. If that's all you're looking for, that's fine. I'm I'm just so intrigued by the sort of like the yogi community who uh, who wants to eat for enlightenment, let's say, or like eat to feel connected to themselves or connected to the universe or whatever it is their well, goal is. And this is what's time. happening right now. Hmm. That is again my opinion. I'm going to get hammered, but that's yeah. okay. Most people who pursue health and diet are not taught about colonics and enemas. It's a right, very small right. percentage of, of the radical health population. In my limited opinion, if you don't include bowel cleansing when you pursue diet, you better pursue middle of the road. Yes. Because if you pursue the high end of the spectrum minus colonics and enemas, you're going to fall. So I believe what happens to all these people... They try the raw diet, they try the vegan diet, they try the fruit diet. No one's talking to them about bowels. They get sick and weak and icky mm-hmm. so that when they go to these middle-of-the-roaders, the stimulation makes them feel better. Yes, and it's it's and so it's, sad the because... Point, if they're this... not going to do colonics and yes. enemas, then they're better off doing the stimulation diet. And yes. that's why I leave them alone. Yes, as far as their physical health, absolutely. And I think it's sad because yes. you have a lot of these beautifully big-hearted people who want to not eat animal products because they love animals, they love the earth, everything we were talking about earlier, but they don't feel well, and then they think the vegan diet is deficient and they somehow have to compromise this, well, what see, feels so the, important to them. the laws of attraction. It's no one's job to take care of the other. At some point, the best way to affect these people is never to bring any of this up. Yeah. It's to when you're in a room with them, be the yes. most loving, genteel, happiest, empathic you you can be. Yes. Talk about everything else. You don't yes. even have to discuss health. Just live in the light. And they're going to say, whoa, who yes. is that? And then they're going to inquire. And to and be able. Yes. Oh, absolutely. And to be able to do that sober, I want to say, is such a big deal. Because going back to the drug conversation, I've often said that if I had not found the cleansing lifestyle, I would have gotten into drugs. Absolutely. 
because I mean, for a long time, I felt broken. And even if I wasn't broken, I was looking for something. And I, I wanted, I wanted to feel this deep connection. I wanted to feel beauty and I wanted to feel this high. And I don't think I would have found it anywhere but drugs. But this, like just cleaning out my body, I think that we look for that because we're looking for what our natural state is. Like we reach for these drugs and we reach for these things outside of ourselves because we're looking for our natural state. But when we just remove what's in the way, our natural state is pretty wonderful. Oh, 100%. It's fabulous. See, what drugs do is, I had a friend, Ken Tucker, used to talk about this. Drugs artificially take you to the space you would be if you were clean. Yes. Victor Kovinskis used to say that when you first take any heavy drug, the initial response on the body is this uber-high level of alkalinity, which is where the high comes from. But when the residue lands in the cells, it's uber-acidic. So you're right. Um, but, but again, with all of these people... The idea is not to rain on their parade. Yes, no, Now, if of someone opens the door of discontent, can I ask you a question, Randy? And I mm-hmm. know you're into health. I'm doing this high-fat diet, mm-hmm. and like, I don't know. Like I, once they open that door of discontent, now you step in. Mm-hmm. But if they're saying, hey, you're not going to believe this, I'm doing this high-fat diet, you know, and I've lost 12 pounds. See, a lot of raw food people, the dogmatic people, will start screaming at them and start a fight. What you should say to them is, that's fabulous, and I'm really happy for you. I hope that goes yes. well. Yes, And then at the point when they're ready to hear you, they will, it'll happen. And if it doesn't happen, that's their path. Right, right. Um, so last question to tie up this interview. So this podcast is called the Free Spirit Academy podcast. That's my business name is Free Spirit Academy. And I define a free spirit as any human when they just get to be themselves. So nothing in the way, just pure expression, pure essence. Uh-huh. And I feel like this this lifestyle is so beautifully supportive of that. Do you have anything to add to that as far as like what personal freedom means to you or free spiritedness when you think of that term? I'll tell you a great story. Yeah. I just told this to somebody the other day. There was a place in New York on West 28th Street years, years ago called the Polarity Wellness Center. Met some of the greatest people I've ever met in my life in that place. It was fabulous. Um, they did polarity. They did colonics with the old Durka machine invented by the great Edgar Casey. You don't see it anymore. It was mm. a fabulous machine. And I got to be really good friends with all those people. And that was when I was no longer dying, but still sick. So if you looked at me, you thought, wow, this guy's fucked up. But I was no longer dying. I was acquiring knowledge and realized it was going to work. And this guy named Gary Strauss did a cleansing group. And it really is a great model. I want to do one of these myself. It's a really good model. He got a bunch of people together, and they met. we met every Monday from 7 to 9. And I was already into it. I just did the group for the camaraderie. But for a lot of the people, they were people who were into a lot of spiritual pursuits that were just delving into the physical. Or perhaps they were macrobiotic and wanted to go sure. further. So we sat in the group, and he told everybody what he wanted us to do for the week. And then we all talked stuff. And then we'd meet a week later, and everyone would speak their experiences. And then he'd raise the bar more, and then the, and more, and more. So that by the last week, it was a fast. It was fabulous. People explaining what happened, what happened after they got colonics, blah, blah, blah. But here's the answer to your question. At the end of the whole thing, and people had lost 20 pounds. They, it was fabulous. He said, why do we do this? Why do we do this? The cleansing, the diet, the veganism, the meditation, the silent retreats, why do we do this? And everyone's giving intellectual answers. 
And when everyone was done, he smiled and he said, I can remember where I was sitting in the room. That's how powerful this was. He said, we do this because we strive to be more like children. Mm. When you picture kids, five-year-old kids in a playground, and they're doing whatever they're doing, whatever they're doing is their life. They don't notice who's to their left. They don't notice who's to their right. Mm. They don't care about the time. They are immersed in their activity. When we clean the cells, when we empty the cells, we get the spirit of a child. Yes. And the spirit of a child can only help the world. And I'll never forget that. Mm. That's so beautiful. Thank you so much. And so that's why what you're saying, I think, is 100% correct. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for this. This is so, what you do in the world is so unbelievably valuable. And I'm sure people just tell you this all the time. You're probably sick of it. But I, I mean, I could not be more grateful for your work. It's oh, been I, utterly it's transformative. And, and I'm going to be honest. Uh, can I tell you something yeah. funny to end with colonics? Yeah, yeah. I know it's getting late, but no, you'll love this. No, fine. For myself on a personal level, yeah. the biggest laugh, joke, rush I get is the following. If you speak to a shiatsuist, shiatsuists are amazing. They can tell you meridians. They can tell you how the heart connects to the lungs and the emotions that connect with meridians and mm -hmm. different organic systems and structures in the body, how they interact. And acupuncture can tell you, acupuncture tell you the same. You speak to a rolfer and their knowledge of the skeletal muscular system is incredible. You speak to an herbologist. I have a friend who works in flower power. The woman's knowledge, the mm. background, the skill set is amazing. An orangutan could do colonics. <laughs> I could teach anyone. What these people know, the specifics and the skill set these people have is a 50-gallon garbage pail compared to my thimble. Mm -hmm. Not, but, and here's the fun, if you put all of them in a healing center someplace, and you had a sick person, and they went there for six months, and these people whose skill set is 50 billion times mine, they couldn't do for them in six months what I could do for them in one colonic. Yes. And that yes. is the biggest rush I get in my work, because there is no skill. The, the, the prize, the star of the show is the process. Yes. I'm just the press agent, yes. you know? Um, anyone could do this, and that to me is the fun. Like, what you just said is very flattering, and it has been said, and I'm always very moved, but it's kind of funny because there is no skill set here. It's just an all-out, 100% connection to a very brilliant truth concept. Mm -hmm. Well, it reminds you know? me of what I'm always telling people because the people that I tend to work with get really caught up in the, the diet and self-improvement and I've got to fix myself and self-help and all of this. But really, when you stop telling yourself the stories that aren't true and when you really see what's there and who you are and, again, like get all this stuff out of the way, what's there is pretty great. Like, the well, simplicity of it is just unbelievable. It's fabulous. A lot of people who come 8 o'clock at night here, they fast all day, mm -hmm. right? So they come in grumpy and pissed, and when you ask them what's wrong, just what you just said, which is very on point, they're attaching stories as to why they're pissed. They're literally telling you things in their life, right? Mm -hmm. They get on the colonic table, it's eight at night, I pull eight pounds of shit out of it. <laughs> now they get up and they start laughing. They're like, oh my God, I can't believe I did that again. I'm fine. There's nothing wrong with me. I was just toxic. I needed to get rid of, to get rid of the heaviness, and they're happy as a clam, yes. and I love that about yes. this. Clean cells, I told Ali this, clean cells can't be mean. 
Green cells are happy cells. And that's the connection between the spirit and the body. Yes. Oh, that's a beautiful summary. Let's end it there. Thank you Excellent. so much, Gail. I really appreciate this. I am so excited to share this with the world. Fabulous. Thank you. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Thank you very much. Awesome. Thanks. Well, you have a wonderful night. You too. Now, if, I want, if people want to listen to this, because my clients, they, what yeah. do I tell them? So I, I'm working on this. I'm putting, the podcast isn't out yet. It's going to be out in January. And I'll okay. have a bunch of the detox world. Like Michael Perrine's going to be there. Natalia's going to be there. There's going to be a bunch of people. Um, and so I will let you know when your podcast is up. So it'll be within, yeah. a, within the next month or two. No rush. No rush at all. It was fun as hell. Awesome. All right, Gil Vings. Have a good night. You too, Sheila. That was fabulous. Awesome. Bye. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. For more on food and body freedom, get my free ebook, The Eat to Feel Good Diet, by signing up for newsletter updates at freespirit-academy.com. I will be back with you next week. 